Thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Thanks for joining me on the Roto Lounge podcast. Today is part two of the 2019 breakout players to target in your drafts. If you missed last week, it's definitely worth a listen. I identified a tight end that's going to finish top 10 being drafted outside the top 20. I told you about a wide receiver being taken as late as the wide receiver 65, a quarterback with top 10 upside, and another wide receiver not getting enough attention that can help lead you to a fantasy championship. Now, I'm a fantasy grinder just like you are. I absorb so much knowledge and I want to share it with you to make your job easier and your outcomes better. I'm here to help you improve your processes and become a better fantasy player. This is the Roto Lounge Podcast. So we resume our breakout list with Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Dak is a quarterback that up until the second half of last season was pretty much less than exciting fantasy piece to have on your roster. But all that changed with the arrival of Amari Cooper and with the true number one now on the Cowboys, there's no reason we can't talk about Dak in the same way that we talk about Deshaun Watson. In fact, Dak now has more weapons and the potential to have much more explosive offense than Houston does. Now first, let's not blame Dak for his mediocre performance with his former starting wide receivers, the likes of Terrence Williams, Alan Hearns, Cole Beasley, Tavon Austin, and an array of the who's who of nobodies that play wide receiver in the NFL. Instead, let's look at what Dak did and can do with very talented wide receiver at the other end of his forward passes. So when the Cowboys hit the by they were three and four once they acquired cooper last year they went seven and two down the stretch so not only did the cowboys win more games after the acquisition but dak's play dramatically improved when amara joined the club now Given a legitimate playmaker, Dak transformed into a fantasy stat machine. Over the final nine games of the season, he passed for 2,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, and four interceptions. What's pretty impressive is that he finished with 173 fantasy points during that stretch. And to put that into context, Andrew Luck finished with 178 points during the same stretch. Okay, a five-point difference. Andrew Luck's going as the fantasy quarterback number two, and Dak Prescott's going at quarterback 18. Now, Given Prescott's uptick in play down the stretch last season, it's reasonable for us to expect that he will continue to perform at a high level as long as Cooper and Zeke are on the field. But not only those two, the Cowboys have added even more firepower this year. Besides second-year wide receiver Michael Gallup, he showed us some potential last year, they went out and they signed Randall Cobb to replace Cole Beasley, and Jason Witten came back. He returned to fill the hole at the tight end position, and the Cowboys made Kellen Moore the new offensive coordinator. He was actually Dak's teammate. So, By playing with him, he's going to be able to identify what Dak's strengths are and what his weaknesses are, and he should be able to scheme accordingly. Now, little is known about the offense that Kellen Moore is going to run, but reports are that it's going to be a creative, modern element to the Cowboys passing game, something they lacked under Scott Linehan. One of the best ways that Kellen Moore plans to modernize the offense is by utilizing Zeke in the passing game. Now, Zeke is obviously a fantastic runner, but he's just as good a receiver out of the backfield. Linehan refused to use Elliott's pass catch 
catching abilities in his first two years. And it wasn't until last season that he finally incorporated him into the passing game. And those results were fantastic. After never eclipsing 32 catches or 360 yards, Zeke ended last year with 77 catches for 567 yards and three touchdowns. Now, 50 of those receptions and 400 yards came after Cooper joined the team. And Zeke's value in the passing game was a huge reason for Dak's second half success. And I expect we're going to see a lot of that style of offense this year. Now, also, according to the Dallas Morning News, Dallas's offense will be based around vertical speed. Now, Linehan didn't focus on vertical speed or try to get the ball downfield with deep passes. His scheme was more focused on slow, methodical approach, move the ball down the field, drain the clock. It's exciting for fantasy if we see the Cowboys come out with a mobile gunslinger and weapons at every corner of the field. It could prove to put three Cowboys in the top 10 at their positions and maybe even Witten as a sleeper this year. Currently, Dak is going at quarterback 18, but there's potential that Dak finishes inside the top 10 this year. Now, I know a lot of the industry has Zeke pegged at fantasy running back number one, and maybe some are going to say there's no way that Zeke can be number one and Dak can also finish inside the top 10. But I say there is a chance. There's many examples of this happening in the past. But to keep it short, I found a good year. 2014, all right? That year, both Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson finished at number three at their positions, all right? Now, the argument can be that Russell Wilson runs the ball a lot more than Dak. Okay, all right, fair. But how about the same year? Le'Veon Bell finished as the number two running back, AB finished as the number one wide receiver, and Big Ben finished as the number five quarterback. So it's possible, and we can't rule against it 100%, but that's not the argument. The industry has Zeke as the running back one. All right, so you need a better example. Stick to 2014. Dallas Cowboy running back DeMarco Murray finished as the number one overall fantasy football running back. Des Bryant finished as wide receiver number four. And the immobile Tony Romo finished as quarterback number 10. Now, I actually think this is what we could see this year. Zeke one, Cooper four, and Dak 10. That could happen in 2019. So don't make any more excuses. All right, just circle Dak on your cheat sheet, his round 11 ADP, and use your earlier picks to stockpile running backs and wide receivers. My plan is to team up Dak and Mitch Trubisky in a lot of leagues this season, and it's going to be for a very low investment. Now that I have your attention, I can throw you a curveball. Denver Broncos running back Royce Freeman. When I look at Royce Freeman, I can't help but see a version of Kareem Hunt. Now, I know that might seem like an outlandish comparison, but Royce is actually a bigger, faster, and more agile version of Kareem Hunt. And those that studied Freeman in college could tell last year that Freeman looked very uncomfortable in Denver. He hesitated a ton when he got the ball, almost like he wasn't sure what he was looking at. So I decided to go back and watch some of his college games and see where I may have got it wrong in my evaluation. And what I found was I didn't miss anything. He's still the same back I thought he was when I ranked him as the number four back last year behind Barkley, Sony, and Nick Chubb. Now, another thing I noticed was the speed that he played at last year. Year. It was a night and day difference from his college speed versus pro speed. At Oregon, where he played three years, he looked very comfortable, quick. He was a downhill runner, but last year with the Broncos, he had some flashes of his college dominance, but he was much slower. I could tell the speed of the NFL game was slowing him down. One factor to consider is why this may have been. Now, other than the fact that a lot of rookies take a while to get acclimated to the pros, one factor that could have had Freeman performing this way is the fact that Oregon strictly ran out of the shotgun formation, while Denver ran a lot of plays last year under center. And it was reported around midseason last year that Royce was having a lot of trouble getting his footwork aligned, uh, his inability 
ability to master the formation that the Broncos were trying to run. It gives us hope that Royce needed a year to acclimate to the pros. And this year, he's going to be ready to push for that number one running back job. We could talk about Philip Lindsay if we wanted to, but I think the injury to Lindsay is the beginning of many due to his less than ideal size for an NFL running back. Now, he did have an historic year. There's no taking that away from him. But I still think Freeman is the better player. I'm going to pass on Lindsay in his 23rd running back ADP. And I'll take Freeman, who slotted about 15 places lower. Royce Freeman's an excellent athlete. And I know he let a lot of owners down last year. But I'm going to be heavily invested in this year because if he hits, his value is going to be much too high for us to acquire next year. Freeman is the 94th overall player taken this year. That puts him around late 7, early 8 round. The uncertainty of Freeman's role this year opens up our opportunity to get him much lower than his potential value. If he can overtake Lindsey for the number one role, Freeman gets the luxury of playing the 10th easiest schedule for running backs. Sometimes you have to take risks when trying to stay ahead of your competition. This risk I'm willing to take. Okay, how about a running back where a breakout might be easier to swallow? If that Royce Freeman was, you know, off the charts for you guys, how about this one? Miami Dolphins running back Kenyon Drake, all right? Talent has never been a problem for Kenyon Drake. From the moment he stepped on the field as a third round pick in 2016, it was easy to see that he had all the tools needed to be a complete back. Now there's been slow, steady progress in his production. He's basically more potential than production. But last year he had to deal with Adam Gase. He has a preference for a true hammer style back like Frank Gore. Drake is too much of a finesse back. Adam Gase hates that. Good luck with anyone who likes Le'Veon Bell this year. And I know a lot of the industry may be off Drake this year because he burned so many last year but roto lounge on the other hand i was on the other side of the fence i recognized that he wasn't going to be a reliable back under gaze and that gaze originally had him slotted as the fourth best back on his own team he had arian foster jay ajayi and damian williams it took foster to leave ajayi to get traded Damian Williams to get injured before Gase even gave Drake a chance to be a full-time running back. But in that short span, he looked great. The final five games of 2017, Drake had 444 yards on 91 carries for almost 5.0 yards per tote. He added another 17 catches for 150 yards, and this is only in five games. For those that are curious, over a 16-week season, this would put him at 290 carries, 1,400 yards, and six and a half touchdowns on the ground. And in the air would be 54 catches for 480 yards, which would have put him at 280 total fantasy points or the number six running back last year. That would have put him ahead of James Conner, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, and Joe Mixon. For those that don't remember, this is why Drake was pegged as a breakout last year. But if those had done their homework, like the Roto Lounge does, the Adam Gase effect would have given pause. So now last year with Drake splitting times with Gore, he had 120 carries, 535 yards, averaged four and a half yards per tote, and four touchdowns. And through the air, he had 53 catches for 477 yards and another five touchdowns. He finished as a running back 14 in PPR formats with 206 total points. So do I think Drake finishes as a top six back as his stats from 2017 would suggest? Nope, I don't. I think the Dolphins will be a bad offense this season, but I do think Drake will be heavily involved in both rushing and receiving and jump into the top 10 in 2019, up from last year's number 16. I don't really see Kalen Balaj as any type of threat. Drake also has the sixth easiest rushing schedule in 2019. So I can see Drake getting around 240 carries, 1,100 yards, 10 total touchdowns, give him another 97 points through the air. By last year's standards, I would have him finishing as running back number nine, which indeed is a breakout 
my fellow fantasy friends. Now, Drake's currently being drafted as running back 26 behind the likes of Chris Carson, Philip Lindsay, David Montgomery, and Josh Jacobs. Don't be that guy. If you're on the clock in the late fourth or fifth and Drake's sitting there staring in the face, don't wait. Now to my final two. And these two are specifically talked about because I think the next two players are absolute league winners and you need to focus on obtaining them at their current ADPs. The first one, Minnesota running back Dalvin Cook. Yes, 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 yes. Now I know he's already getting buzz, all right, but I'm willing to say that Cook's going to finish top three fantasy running back this year, PPR formats. Now Cook should have a career year in 2019 if he can finally stay healthy. He suffered a torn ACL week four of his rookie year. It cost him 12 games and he battled a hamstring injury last year, sidelined him for four games. But let me be clear, I don't think Cook's injury prone. I think the hammy injury was a combination of his rehab from the ACL and the fact that they were trying to force him back into the lineup and he wasn't quite ready. Now, I know he's had multiple shoulder injuries in college, so I can't ignore his injury history completely, but I'm projecting him with the thought that he's going to play all 16 games this year. Is that a hope? It could be, but either way, I'm not planning to miss out on my chances to get Cook this year. Last season, I had C-Mac as my second rounder that I projected to be a breakout, and I think Cook has a better year this year than C-Mac has this year. Is that bold? Well, listen, in the 15 games that Cook's played over the past two seasons, he scored at least 11 PPR points in 11 of those. And last year, once Kevin Stefanski took over as the offensive coordinator, the final three games of the year, Cook averaged almost 17 PPR points per game. Stefanski and the assistant head coach now, Gary Kubiak, are gonna call plays this year. And that's where my biggest takeaway is from this whole situation. And the reason you need to continue listening to the Roto Lounge podcast, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Lounge Roto. Nobody is acknowledging the fact that Gary Kubiak and his zone blocking scheme will be the key behind Cook's 2019 rise to fantasy stardom. Now, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer has already talked repeatedly about the Vikings needing to run more effectively all offseason, and that starts with Dalvin Cook. And if you want to run the ball more effectively, who do you call? You call Gary Kubiak. Now, the special aspect of Kubiak is he runs a very unique brand of West Coast offense and it's proved to be a success with several teams and different styles of running back. Kubiak's offense is basically a zone-blocking scheme that has many options to run of just one formation. Now, in 22 years as an OC or head coach, Kubiak has produced 1,000-yard rusher 16 times. Now, do you remember these names? Olandis Gary, Ruben Drones, and Mike Anderson, two times five years apart, all 1,000-yard rushers under Kubiak. Now, the Vikings showed a trend last year after Stefanski took over that they wanted to take the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. In the final three games of the year, Cousins averaged 27 attempts, 18 completions, and only 200 yards per game. That's 100 yards less than the remaining 13 games he played, and I don't think this is a coincidence. As I mentioned earlier, the last three games, Stefanski made it a point to have a healthy cook involved, and he averaged almost 17 fantasy points per game. I would expect the Vikings to want to run the ball and play great defense in 2019, and they're going to ride Cook and the third easiest running schedule in the NFL this year. And for my final breakout prediction for 2019 season, number one overall quarterback drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Yes. Now, maybe you've heard of Kyler breaking out this year, but Roto Lounge is ranking Kyler as the number one fantasy football quarterback for 2019. Yes, you heard that right. Kyler Murray will have a better fantasy season than Patrick Mahomes, and I can make a case for Kyler and the offense. So let's get started. So Cliff Kingsbury was 35 and 40 in college, but who gives a 
it, all right? It's fantasy points that we want, and it's fantasy points that Kingsbury will give us. When talking about Christian Kirk in the first episode of Roto Lounge Podcast, go back and download it, subscribe, leave a review. I discussed how Kingsbury's offense will be designed. The main takeaway is that in college for six seasons as either the coach or the offensive coordinator, his passing offense finished top 10 all six times. He had the top 25 scoring offense five of six years. He averaged 30 points per game. His quarterbacks averaged 300 yards passing per game, and his offenses averaged 470 total yards per game. Did you get all that? But he can't win, right? It's because he had no defense, and nobody equipped to run a good defense. Look, He's in the NFL now. He's not recruiting with the bigger Texas schools taking all his talent. He now has Vance Joseph to run his defense so Cliff can focus on how to score more points on offense, a great thing for us fantasy owners. So look what Cliff did with quarterbacks in college that were good enough for the NFL. First, he was the offensive coordinator for Case Keenum, the year he threw for a ridiculous 5,600 yards and 48 touchdowns. Then he had Baker as a freshman. He threw for 2,312. He coached Mahomes as a junior. Mahomes went off for 5,000 yards passing and 41 touchdowns. And with Mahomes for two years at Texas Tech, Kingsbury's offense ranked first and second in the nation. So then there's Kyler Murray. Kingsbury's never coached Kyler, but he's going to build his offense around Kyler. And last year, college Kyler threw for 4,300 yards 42 touchdowns and he rushed for another thousand yards and 12 touchdowns are you kidding me Cliff's gonna make this guy the next human joystick but the only argument against Cliff is he couldn't win in college that's all I hear he couldn't win in college but that's not entirely true when he was the OC at Texas A&M they were 7-0 at one point they were ranked 10th in the nation thanks in large part to Cliff Kingsbury's offense so in the NFL He's drafted Andy Isabella, who ran a 4-3-1 at the Combine, pairs him with Christian Kirk, who also runs a fast 40 at 4-4-7, and then you add legendary veteran Larry Fitzgerald. These will be the primary weapons, other than David Johnson, for Kyler Murray. They're going to be running the majority of shotgun. It's going to give Kyler time to make quick throws or run with the ball, and they're going to be running a fast-paced, no-huddle type offense. It's going to keep the defense off balance. So combine all this with the history of top scrambling rookie quarterbacks. Okay, if you remember these, Vince Young and Russell Wilson finished as quarterback nine as rookies. RG3 finished as quarterback five. Cam Newton, quarterback three as a rookie. Now, Kyler Murray is going to take that torch and finish as quarterback one. Now, you heard it here first, and you can follow me on Twitter at Lounge Roto. Kyler's 2019 stat prediction right here 4,500 yards passing, 35 touchdowns. 15 interceptions, 370 yards rushing, and 7 touchdowns. That's going to give him 454 fantasy points, which would put him squarely behind Patrick Mahomes last year's 529 fantasy points. But I don't see Mahomes repeating that season, leaving Kyler ready, willing, and able to take the spot as the number one fantasy quarterback in 2019. Currently, Kyler's going as quarterback 12, which is rounds 8 through 9, and I would take him there all day long. But there's a chance I'm going to miss out because there's going to be other anxious owners that want to gobble up Kyler Murray, and I don't blame them. But if that happens, I'm going to be happy, perfectly happy, stacking Dak and Trubisky for 2019. Now, if I can get Kyler, it's going to be a huge success. And then I'll stack him with either Dak or Mitch. Now, what we can hope for is that he appears to struggle in preseason. But don't let that deter you from drafting him. The goal is to get Kyler everywhere. So there you have it. My top 10 fantasy breakouts for 2019. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Give me a review. DM me on Twitter at Lounge Roto. And for those that want more breakouts, I'll be releasing a bonus video on YouTube titled Roto Lounge 2019 Breakout 
Easter egg. On that show, I'll mention a handful of guys that didn't make the podcast, and I'm going to plan to drop more Easter eggs throughout the year. For those listening, I'll let you know there's a video attached as a bonus episode in case you guys want to watch a video version. Now, next on future episodes is going to be my rookie breakdown. So next year, you can expect this earlier, immediately after the draft, because I want you to be able to better prepare for your rookie drafts. So I'm a little late to the game because I launched this podcast late in the game. Um, But nonetheless, I'm going to break down my top five positions of rookies. So you're going to want to tune in for those. Also, camp is starting soon. We're going to have plenty to discuss. I'll release my bust episode, Dynasty Stashes episode. Once the season gets here, we'll be doing a DFS show. I plan to release that early Sunday mornings, so stay tuned for that. And again, thank you for the listen. And until next time, this has been the Roto Lounge Podcast. Podcast.